0: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is FinSider Radio, part of the FinSider.com and the SP Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata joined by Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts. The Miami Dolphins enter their bye week with a record of 5-5, five and five, straight up 500, as mediocre as you can possibly be. Miami Dolphins looking to come back strong when they take on the Indianapolis Colts on November 25th. And they will look to get their season back on track as they make a push for the playoffs for the 2018 season. The odds are stacked against them. But what they have going for them is a weak AFC. Nine and seven may get them in the playoffs. Ten and six, most likely. But the Dolphins are very far from that. Houts, Sutton, we all watched the game versus the Packers. And we're just going to touch on this game very fast. We're not going to spend much time on it. We're going to do something a little more fun during this bye week and, saw, and made up a game earlier that he was uh, throwing by us and, and said, you know, I, I want to play a game with you two. And he goes, I want to play with you guys tonight on Finsider Radio.
2: Oh, my
0: and, God. I-
2: <laughs> yeah he, he did not say that. <laughs> Let's clear that. Huh? I want to <laughs> play
3: with yeah. you.
1: I mean, you guys took it completely the wrong way. Uh, it just shows where your mind is.
3: but um, you know See, 90, so- 99% of our Audience literally thought the same thing we did.
1: Yeah. All That's right. True. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. They'll have to tell us on Twitter or on the uh, FinnSider.com. Uh, fin, uh, so, but anyways, <laughs> Sutton said he wanted to play it tonight. He wanted to play a game with us. And uh, we're going to get to that. And it's basically going to be Keeper Dump. And he's going to list off a bunch of players and their salary caps for the next few years. And I'm going to say Keeper Dump. Houts is going to say Keeper Dump. We're we're from not time saying to time, Sutton's <laughs> going to jump in as well. So we'll get to that in, a, in just a little bit. Listen, it's the bye week. Uh, we don't have a lot to say about the Miami Dolphins right now. It is a mess. I think the Dolphins have sucked the lives out of our, all of our souls. And I'll start first with the Packers game. Once we found out that Tunsil and James are going to be officially out of the game, I think we all realized that the Dolphins would not have a chance to win that game. But for some reason, we were all so very still upset at the end of the game. And I think that's because we saw the Dolphins literally about a half an inch away from taking the lead right before the half. If Brock Osweiler doesn't overthrow Devontae Parker, that ball is going right into his hands. And he's, I would say, probably has a 90% chance to get into that end zone. He had one guy to beat, and he had a very good angle on that guy to beat him. So I think why people are so upset about it is because the Dolphins had a legitimate chance to win that game. All the way up until about the middle of the third, end of the third quarter, when Brock Osweiler threw that interception. And we all look at it and we're like, oh my god. We could have gone to Lambeau, put ourselves in position to be 6-4 and four heading into the bye, and uh, right in the driver's seat for the first wild card spot. But instead, Brock could not move the ball, could not score any touchdowns. Our defense cannot stop Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones looked like Barry Sanders out there. Aaron Jones is a good running back. It's not Barry Sanders, though. They made Aaron Rodgers look just like a regular quarterback, but Brock Osweiler cannot get the job done. It's very disappointing, even though we all knew the Dolphins probably wouldn't have a shot to win the game. But it wasn't the tackles, the two tackles, Sam Young and Zach Syrup, who were the problem with that team, who was the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And as the Dolphins head into this bye, they're hopeful Ryan Tannehill returns against the Colts. We heard Dr. Chow on our show last week say that he doesn't think Ryan Tannehill will play against the Colts. We'll see how it all shakes out. It's very possible he could. It's very possible he might not. If he doesn't, I would love to see David Fails. And I know people are saying, well, David Fields is worse than Brock Osweiler. Listen, I don't think you can get much worse than Brock Osweiler. I mean, if you're Nathan Peterman, yes. But I think anything else, I don't think you can get much worse. Howitz, what are your thoughts very quickly on the Packers versus Dolphins game this past Sunday?
2: Yeah, it was kind of what we all expected. And once you heard that Laramie Tunsell and Juwan James were out, I think our chances of winning dip below, you know, 0. .0009%. Uh, the Dolphins went out there and did what we expected them to do. I think a lot of us thought the run defense was a problem. And, you know, they kind of looked good against the Jets the week prior. But still, Aaron Jones, I think he had three carries for 93 yards in like the first drive or something like that. It was embarrassing. The Dolphins struggled. It's that Y9 technique. You saw some positives in the with the secondary. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't really light the world on fire like you'd expect, 19-28, to 28, 109 yards, two touchdowns. But what it all came down to was, like you said, the Dolphins had plenty of chances to get the ball downfield. Uh, they got some nice plays, some turnovers, some block kicks. I mean, they had these chances, and then it just ended with a Jason Sanders field goal. And, I mean, tip your hat to what Rizzi did. He went out there, he found Jason Sanders, and he's been a beast. I mean, you let Cody Parky walk. A lot of people were upset about that, but... Sanders has been as advertised, and I mean, he went out there and did what he was asked to do. But you need to end those drives with touchdowns. You need to get more than just field goals throughout a game because, as we saw, a 12 to 31 score. You can't put 12 points up against the Packers at Lambeau. Uh, I think the Dolphins just a favor because if they were in that game late, it was just going to lead to heartbreak anyway. I don't think we were going to win this game. But you're right. I mean, the Dolphins went out there, they did Dolphin things. The defense needs to improve during this bye. We definitely need better quarterback play, like Chow said. Like you mentioned, Tannehill's probably not playing this upcoming week. I know the Dolphins just worked out, (laughs) Paxton Lynch, so take that for what it's worth. But overall, the Dolphins, they just need to get things back on track. They need to improve on offense because for as much as Adam Gase is this offensive guru, I mean, it's not his fault with all these injuries, but you need to still be able to go out there and put up more than 12 points, score some touchdowns. Uh, I went out there and I kept mentioning Kenyon Drake, you need more touches. Frank Gore, that guy's been a monster. I think at 13 carries for 93 yards, it came out that he was the number two rated running back from pro football focus throughout the first 10 weeks of the season. So keep feeding Frank Gore, but you got to get Kenyon Drake some targets. You got to go out there and you got to just get healthy. It's been a sad season and we're still five and five. So, I mean... Let's recuperate. Let's hope that some of these guys get healthy and we can make a push in the second half of the season.
3: I mentioned the red zone issues, and you mentioned the fact that they tease us, basically, and we, despite all the field goals, we were still in it at halftime. Like you said, MC Money had the chance to even take a lead before halftime. And then uh, you know, you, you see the narrator jinx where they mention that Green Bay has scored on every single possession of the second half in 2018 so far. And of course we stopped them and block the punt and can't do anything with it. So again, they just tease us, you know, we, we lingered around long enough where you hope that um, you can kind of get to the fourth quarter and then maybe some more weird things can happen. You can sneak out of there for a victory, but some of the gap integrity issues on run defense were really bad. I mean, when you look at some of the all 22, there wide open gaps and, some of it is poor play, and then some of it's by design, too. So there's a lot of blame to go around.
1: When you look at the job that Adam Gase has done, and some say he hasn't done a very good job, some say it's a damn miracle the Dolphins are 5-5 five and five with all the injuries this team has suffered. I would go on to say probably the most in the NFL in terms of star power, starters there, If you if you break it down, it's crazy. I mean, at one point the Dolphins on Sunday, they're without their starting quarterback, without their starting center, and this is going back to opening day, right? So they're out out their starting quarterback, out their starting center, without their starting left guard, without their starting left tackle, without their starting right tackle, without their starting wide receiver and Albert Wilson. They lost Devontae during a game, lost Jakeem during the game. That is eight guys out of eleven. Let me repeat that. Eight guys out of eleven who were out at one point or another during that game that were opening day starters. That's incredibly, incredibly bad luck, or it's incredibly a bad conditioning and strength program the Dolphins have. Again, even if you take out Parker and Grant that's six, it's more than half of the offense. You're left with Jesse Davis at right guard. You're left with Kenny Stills as a wide receiver. You're left with Mike Gaziki That's three guys from opening day that were starters that were playing in the Packers game. And the Dolphins still had a chance to win that game. Absolutely mind-blowing. And that's why this situation revolving around Adam Gase and whether or not he's doing a good job and whether or not he deserves another year, it is so complicated. There are so many layers. It does not stop with the head coach. And we're not going to get into that conversation tonight. We're going to get into that conversation next week after the bye week is over, after we're ready and getting back into the groove, ready to watch the Dolphins play the Colts. We'll talk about that next week. What we will talk about tonight is the future of this Miami Dolphins team. In our view... (laughs) Of course, that was hooting and the Blowfish, courtesy of Sutton. Sutton does a great job recording our riffs for every show. All the music you hear on our shows is courtesy of him. So thank you, Sutton. And Sutton is going to forgive us names now and give us their salary and give us kind of a real brief rundown of who we're looking at over the next few years. And basically, Houts and I are going to say we should keep them on the Miami Dolphins or we should get rid of them whether via trade, cut, or any other possible way that you can get rid of a player in the NFL. So Sutton, I'm going to give the floor to you. You are now the host of this segment. Take it away, Sunshine.
3: Yes, I get to play <laughs> with you. <laughs> so yeah, you pretty much mentioned the entire context. We're going to be talking about You know the financial obligations that players have, We're going to look at some of the players that have expiring contracts. So in other words, guys who are getting ready to enter free agency, but then we also have some contracts that we could conceivably keep in a 2019, but could opt out of it because of the potential savings there and simply not a fit on the team. I'll just preface all of this with, I have not mentioned one name, to either Houts or MC Money, okay? They have no idea in what order I'm going to ask anything. So, with that in mind,
0: let's play.
3: (laughs) And we are going to play Keep or Dump.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) was all Canada's fault.
3: The dump part was all you. I know. And he was just mentioning how our mind is already in the gutter as it is. But anyway, okay, so I figured it would be easiest to start with the players who are getting ready to enter free agency. In other words, we're gonna have to re-sign them or they're they're not gonna be on the team. So I see three major decisions, but then I see a couple other outliers here. So let's I want to start with the three major decisions here. Let's start right off the bat. Let's swing for the fences. Keep or dump? Cameron Wake. He's going to be thirty-seven going into training camp next year.
1: Wow. I'll start. Houts. Um, this is a tough one because, and I can't, I can't imagine the NFL decision makers on each team as they make these decisions because they get to know. Uh, These players, and and I've been down to Miami twice this season and I've been in the locker room and I've seen Cameron Wake interact with others. I've seen him talk at the press conferences up close in person, and it is a different feeling uh, than watching on camera or reading the transcripts. The guy is genuine. You could tell he's a leader. You could tell just the way he carries himself with his words that he just, you know, guys look up to him on the team, guys revolve around him. Guys, they just gather around him when when he speaks and and when he does what he does. But, you know, you need to separate the emotions from the business. And as much as I hate to say this, I I think you have to move on from Cameron Wake. How's
2: I'll go devil's advocate here. I mean, we saw what the dolphins did. They traded away Jason Taylor. Remember that for, I believe it was the second round pick to the Washington Redskins. So, I mean, we've seen these players that we've come to love get shipped away for pennies on the dollars, but what it comes down with Cam Wake, in my opinion, is he's a guy that can pretty much make his own decision. I think he's done enough for this organization. I think Adam Gase has his respect that if Cameron Wake goes up to him and says, you know what? I'm not finished. I want another year. I'm sure they'll work out some kind of contract. Um, But if you're telling me if I had the decision, I I think I'm going to say I'd keep Cam Wake. And basically the reason behind that is because Charles Harris has done nothing. Andre Branch, if the Dolphins get out of that contract, that'd be awesome because he's done nothing. They're struggling at defensive end. They need the playmakers there. And Cameron Wake, Uh, Whether you want to admit it or not, he's still one of the best in the NFL rushing the passer. So I also believe he's having one of his best years against the run. So I think Cameron Wake's still playing at a high level that if you can get the salary right and he wants to continue to play, I think the Dolphins can bring
3: him back for another season. Houts, real quick, any part of you that thinks we should let Wake go just for the sake of hoping that he latches on with a contender and can really try to end of his career on a high note.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's easy to say right now. Yes, of course. But I mean, heading into next year, we're all going to think, you know, this is a Dolphins year. We have a chance this year. You know, they'll fix their, the holes that they have. And we're all going to go into next year believing they have a chance. And we're going to say, well, we, we could really use a Cameron Wake. This is his year. We're going to get him a playoff win. And then midway through, we'll probably be talking about this again. So for me, if he goes somewhere else, I mean, he goes to a contender. It'd be great to see Cameron Wake playing in a playoff game, a meaningful Super Bowl, you know, anything like that. So for Cameron Wake's sake, yeah, I, I would like to see him move on because he has a better chance of getting in those uh, meaningful games with another team than he does with the Dolphins
3: currently. But I totally agree that defensive end is one of the most volatile positions we have on the team. So let's stay right there. A guy who is playing very well, and I think one of the integral roles on the defensive line that we have missed very much so far this year William Hayes he's going to be 34 going into training camp next year do you keep him or are you not re-signing him let's start with you Houts. I'm I'm keeping him
2: I mean he's playing at a high level he's again one of the best run stoppers that we've had on this team for quite some time you saw just how valuable he was earlier in the year before that injury I mean the guy went out giving his all having a sacking the quarterback and, you know, trying not to put pressure on him to get the penalty. He's a he's a guy who's, when he's been healthy for the Dolphins since that trade, has just been, you know, everything you could ask for. So for as banged up as our defensive line is, for as poor as we are against the run, uh, if you can get a contract that's friendly, and I mean, William Hayes this year wasn't making that much money to my knowledge. So if you can get him back, bring him back on a similar contract, it might even be cheaper now with the injury. I absolutely bring William Hayes back for another season next year.
1: I'm moving on from him. He played ten games in 2017, three games in 2018. I don't think you can. He'll be 34 going into next season, like you mentioned. I don't think you can rely on him. I don't think it's worth relying on him and sacrificing a position on the defensive line just because you have a number there. Uh, it's not going to work. I don't think.
3: All right, let's stick with the trenches, but we're going to flip to the offensive line here. One of our young bookends. Jawan James, he's playing on the fifth year of his rookie contract this year. Are we re-signing him next year, or are we going to let him test free agency? Let's start with you, MC Money.
1: I'm absolutely re-signing him. I mean, the Dolphins have so many issues on this team right now, and especially on their offensive line. I think bringing him back will will be big for him. Um, You know, he's 26 years old this season, will be 27 years old next year. Very young still, has proven to be effective in the system. Yeah, had some rough games here and there, but for the most part, he's been very good. He, he's played in nine games so far, all the games this year. Last year, he got hurt. He played in eight games, 2016, 16 games, 2015, 7 games, 2014, 16 games. So so a little inconsistent there with injuries and so forth, but but I think it's, it's your right tackle. you got him and Tunsil. I don't think you mess with that part of the line.
3: Quickly, yes or no? Would you pay him top five right tackle money?
1: Because the market will dictate it, you have no choice, yes. Reluctantly, though, but yes.
3: No, I get it. Let's go to you. What do you think, Juwan James? Yeah, I hate to mirror what
2: Kanata said, but I'm in the same boat. This offensive line has struggled for for many years. You finally got the bookends that you want. Uh, you You can't let him walk, I think, if he's asking for top five. Money, if that's what the market value is, you got to re-sign him. I'm
3: keeping Jawan James. Okay, these are going to be some of the outlier expiring contracts, and really, you could probably throw one more in here. So, uh, in terms of a major decision, so let's get one more weigh in from both of you guys before I'm going to just throw one person to each of you. Um, we're going to do Frank Gore. What would you guys do with him? Are we going to keep him? Are we going to bring him back? What else would he do? He's going to be playing football somewhere. So is he going to be playing with us or with a different team? So let's start with you. MC money. What'd you say? Bring him back.
1: Bring bring him back. He's the second per PFF right behind Melvin Gordon, the second best overall running back in the NFL right now. Adam Gase absolutely loves him. The dude knows his stuff. He'll be even better in his second year in the system. Uh, ageless, I think he still has a, a two or three more years under his belt. Probably two. Three would be pushing it, but I say absolutely bring him back.
3: How's what do you think?
2: Yeah, for as much as I've been banging the table, thinking Kenyon Drake needs more touches, I mean, you got to love what Frank Gore's done since he got here. I mean, he's the Miami guy. I think he's making like leave vet minimum this this year, and he's just going out there and playing some of the best football his career, so... I mean, whether or not that's going to continue to take touches away from Kenyon Drake, you got to go with the sure hand. You got to continue to let Frank Gore do what he does, and I think Adam Gase loves him. I think he's good for the locker room, and I think
3: he's good for the team in general. I definitely
2: bring Frank Gore back.
3: All right, couple of minor decisions here, so I'm going to throw these out quickly to you guys. MC Money, are you bringing back Sam Young?
1: No. Yes. No. Yes. Pouts.
3: Wait. I have oh, I have no, no idea. Mind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I,
1: I I I would say I would say yes, yes, bring him back.
3: I mean, he's a swing tackle so that does have some value in the NFL is Sam Young. Okay. Uh, Houts, you want to bring back Stefan Anthony?
2: Oh uh, man. I'm going to say yeah, yeah, I bring him back. I mean, they already invested a draft pick in him. He's still young. Linebacker and core uh, could definitely use the depth. I think at times, he's shown glimpses. I think maybe eventually he'll become a good role player, special teams. Again, linebacker depth is why I
3: bring him back. So I'll bring back Stefan Anthony. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Okay, Matthew, two parter here. So I'm looking at the tight end position. What do you want to do with Marquise Gray and AJ Derby? Marquise Gray will be 29. A.J. Derby is 27. Sorry, Marquise Gray is currently 29. A.J. Derby is currently 27.
1: I think Marquise Gray was going to have a big year under Adam Gase. Coming back, uh, unfortunate injury, bring him back. A.J. Derby, you got uh, you got Mike Gizicchi, you got there, you got Durham Smythe. You got to get rid of A.J. Derby. He hasn't been a game changer. Keep Marquise Gray, get rid of A.J. All
3: right, fellas, we are going to now kind of venture into – players that we do have technically as of right now under contract going into 2019, but these are some contracts that we could get out of. It could yield some dead money, but it could kind of help us long-term. In other words, players that we don't want to play pay anymore because they may not be in the long-term approach in terms of when we're going to be, really ready to make some noise so let's start off with Akeem Spence let's start with you how Akeem Spence he's going to be 27 going into training camp next year he has zero dead money you could save two and a half million dollars what do you do with Akeem Spence as that number three sort of D tackle role?
2: I think you bring him back. I mean, two and a half mil, that's really not that significant. Again, defensive line's banged up. He he rotates in there with, you know, Vincent, Vincent Taylor and uh, Devon Godshaw. I think he's good for this defensive line, so I'd bring him back at $2.5 million.
3: MC Money?
1: Yeah, bring him back. The Dolphins have enough issues on the defensive line of the defensive end position. You don't need to make another whole defensive tackle. Bring him back.
3: And he's got the connections with the Detroit Lions, former D-line coaches that we have. So, you know, there's some familiarity familiarity there, the scheme fit there. Let's kind of up the ante here. Let's talk about someone a little bit more major. Let's talk about Robert Quinn. He's going to be 29 next year, and we could possibly release him for zero dead money with 12.9 million dollars in cap savings are you keeping robert quinn or are you releasing him let's start with umc money
1: big cap number uh this is a tough one um this is a tough one can we go to house and come back to me
2: sure yeah it's not an easier for me but
3: uh i think i've been keeping well let's think about this one you've already you've already mentioned that you a want to keep Cam Wake? I think that was a unanimous thing there.
1: I mean, you look at you look at the you look at the free agents for 2019, right? Defensive ends. You got Ezekiel Ansah who's making 17.1 right now, 17.1 million. He'll be 31 next season. Demarcus Lawrence, 28 next season, making 17.1 million right now as well. Cameron Wake, Brandon Graham, again old Allen Bailey, Dante Fowler, who just got traded to the Rams. Julius Peppers will be 40 years old. That's crazy. Uh, There's not a lot out there, guys, in terms of effective defensive ends on on the market. So you're almost forced to pay Robert Quinn that kind of money because you're not going to spend three or four picks on a defensive end in the draft. You're going to maybe pick one, which Charles Harris has been a bust, but I don't think there's anything out there. Defensive end on the free well, agent just market. Just
3: to throw an ulterior, of, you know, ulterior choice out there. Could you possibly say, you know, what I'm going to invest that twelve point nine on the offensive line? Say, you know, at guard or center or whatever we want to invest in, but then kind of throw Charles Harris to the wolves and say, like, hey, we're we're going to have to we're going to have to figure out what we have in the sky or not, but we're 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 throwing them out, we're throwing them out there.
1: Yeah, you could, you could, but the problem is the Dolphins have some very good players in the secondary, but they're not able to cover their guys long enough because there's no pass rush. So you're going to give up your pass rush for an offensive lineman, maybe a guard. I don't think that's a good payoff.
2: Bring him back. Bring back Robert Quinn. You invested the fourth
3: round pick. But in is it. Robert Quinn? Is Robert Quinn get the rush that you expect? Is is Quinn? Yeah,
2: I think so. I think he's, he's getting the pressure. The sacks might not have come, but I think like Kanata said, the market, there's not many guys out there and those guys you do will go out there and try to grab a few agency, how many of those are going to cost similar to what a Robert Quinn does. So I, I think at 29, I think is what you said he was. Bring him back. Maybe 29. Bring him yeah. back.
3: Uh, you, you know, you have to consider that we did give up the draft capital for it, so you really have to be sure if you're going to release a player like that. I just happen to not like the production that I'm getting for the money with the ability to release him and then possibly leave the door back open. You know, Adam Gase is pretty good at those things. Might be able to work something out there. I don't like that 12.9 number. I'm just, I'm just not in love with the production for that money. Anyway, let's go... Ironically enough, to the offensive line, let's go Daniel Kilgore, someone that we really don't have much of a understanding on how he fits with us. He's going to be 31 going into training camp next year. We could release him for zero dead money and have cap savings of $2.4 million. What do you do with him, Joshua Hout, M.D.? Yeah, I mean, this goes back to what we said a little bit earlier. I mean,
2: $2.4 that's not that significant of a a cap hit in my opinion. I mean, what are you going to go out and get them with that? A a backup offensive lineman? I mean, uh, I think you let Mike Pouncey go. You you traded the pick for Kilgore. You're right. We got a small sample size on what he can do. But I think this offensive line, I mean, they were gelling pretty well at the beginning of the season. Kilgore is not the best center in the NFL, but I'd rather not make a hole there at 2.4 million I'm bringing him back.
1: Yeah, I am too. I am too. I'm bringing him back too because like how it said, low cap number, you invested a, I know it was a low draft pick in him, but also I wouldn't just give him a starting job either. I would bring competition and let the best man win.
3: Not bad cuz 2.4 I don't think would be bad depth money either to be honest with you. Especially if he's able to moonlight as a guard as well. Let's go to guard. This might be a little trickier of a conversation for you guys. I'm going to start with you, MC Money. Ted Larson is going to be 32.
0: Yep. Do you Get rid of release
3: him him. him.
1: $417,000 $417, in dead money?
3: What Don't even finish what you're saying. Don't even finish what you're saying. Goodbye. <laughs> I hope someone... up. <laughs> Should I skip you two? Yeah, get him the hell
2: off my football team, please.
3: (laughs) Okay, for real, we're actually going to have a a hard conversation with this one. Ryan Tannehill. He's going to be 31 going into training camp next year. 13.4 in dead money, 13.2 in savings. Before anybody thinks that's prohibitive, we're spending thirteen point one in dead money on Nendomican Sue's contract for two thousand nineteen, so it's not really that crazy for the Dolphins to put that kind of dead money on our on our slot. So, with that being said, I want to start with you, Houts. Ryan Tannehill, keep or dump. <laughs>
2: that fart noise kills me.
3: I, I think the first thing they're going to try to do
2: is restructure that contract, which is the smart thing to go about. Maybe tell him that he's going to get that starting a chance to compete for the starting job. But I don't see the Dolphins moving on from him. I, I look around the NFL, I look around the rest of the, the league, and quarterback is just too valuable a position. Ryan Tannehill is playing decent football before he got injured. I mean, you're, you're assuming that he's coming back healthy next year. I think the Dolphins would keep him. But they definitely need to go out there. They need to sign someone to compete against them. They got to draft somebody to groom for the future. They can't stay complacent like they have these last few years because, I mean, it's ultimately killing the season. We're at 5-5. Five and five. Hope is not around the corner. Things don't look any better now than they did, you know, the last time he went down. So I think the Dolphins will bring him back. I Hopefully they can restructure that and, get him in, get that cap number a little bit smaller, but it should be to compete for the starting job, not to be handed it. And from there, we'll, we'll see where he ends up.
1: The only reason why I'm going to say to move on from him is because the quarterbacks in the draft are not strong. And when you look at the free agent class, there's going to be some surprise names out there. You're going to have Jameis Winston who may be cut or traded, but there's going to be quarterbacks in the NFL right now who are going to be available for trade. You look at guys like... Um, You know Derek Carr, who might be available for trade. Jameis Winston, definitely available for trade. So the Dolphins will have their options, and they'll have their options of healthy guys. But the one person who interests me the most is Teddy Bridgewater. And we've talked about Teddy a lot on this show, and we were one of the first ones to report way back when free agency was starting to begin that the Dolphins had their sights on Teddy Bridgewater. And that has not changed. Teddy Bridgewater went to the Jets because he saw a better opportunity to start or to get at least noticed by another team and then get traded to start. Obviously, Jets picked Sam Darnold and traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints. Hey, listen, he gets a whole another year to rehab his knee and his leg and everything else that went with that injury. But I think if he sees the opportunity, if he understands that Tannehill is gone from the Dolphins, that this is his job, and I think absolutely he would come to Miami. And I think the Dolphins would pony up the money to get Teddy Bridgewater to Miami. He was the target of theirs this off season. And I think he's going to be going to be another target of theirs this coming off season. And I think it's time to move on from Ryan Tannehill as much as I hate to say it, you know, I, I think he's good. I think Ryan Tannehill is a good bridge quarterback for another team. I just don't think his future is in Miami anymore after this season.
3: I know we'll be bringing draft guys on soon and, you know, kind of getting to the end of the season sort of thing. Let's remember to appreciate these last six games. I mean, we absolutely yearn for football, so let's not ignore these six games. But I think we have to be realistic as fans of this team that we absolutely need to have this quarterback conversation. So we'll be talking a lot about what happens, you know, the the 2019 free agent class, the draft class, all that kind of stuff. We're going to look at all the angles. Let's go to another controversial figure. Let's go to Devonte Parker. Now, the fifth-year tender, I believe, is still on the table, but that can be rescinded. So, with that being said, let's start with you, MC Money. Do you want to give Devonte Parker nine point four million dollars next year to play Miami Dolphins football, or, or are you going to take that entire nine nine point four in savings and? Or the roster elsewhere. What are you What are you doing with Devonte Parker?
1: Yeah, moving on from Devonte, uh, we saw you saw the immense talent he had in that game against the Texans. We later found out a few days later that the Dolphins specifically game planned for Devonte to be the focal point of the offense. And uh, as you saw against the Texans, it still didn't help. When you when he had that one guy who's the focal point of an offense, he needs to be an elite player, and Devontae Parker is not an elite player even now he's out with another injury week to week. Um, probably not going to play a few games. As talented as the guy is, he just cannot shake the injury bug. And, you know, it's it's not the guy's fault. I mean, obviously it's his own body and he's the one getting hurt. But some guys just can't shake the injury bug in the NFL. We've seen it happen a lot. And Devontae Parker looks to be one of those guys. And, you know, he'll go somewhere. He will moonlight somewhere as a, probably a number two guy. Uh, you look at a guy like Jarvis Landry, who was also the focal point of this offense so far through ten games, fifty-seven receptions for six hundred yards. I don't know if he's going to get to one hundred receptions in uh, you know six more games from now. Last year he had one hundred twelve receptions for nine hundred eighty-seven yards, would have broke a thousand if he didn't get ejected from the Bills game. But you know he he went on into a team that doesn't make him the focal point of the offense, and the Dolphins aren't really much worse without him. I mean they were pretty bad on offense with him. They're not much worse without him. And I don't think you're going to see a significant drop off if the Dolphins don't have Devontae Parker next year either.
3: Howitz, so what do you think,
2: brother? Yeah, man, you see the glimpses. You think that he has the potential to be that true number one receiver that you thought he'd be when you drafted him, but I think he's set to make nine million next year. I, I can't see it happening. You gotta move on for Devontae Parker. It's he's gonna end up somewhere. He's probably gonna become exactly what we want him to become in Miami, but his time in, with the Dolphins is through. Uh, the injuries, you know, just the pettiness, everything that's come about it. I mean, again, he's shown glimpses of greatness, and then the next week he's on the injury reserve list, or he's on the injured list. He's just up and down, has never lived up to that potential. I'm not investing another year in him. Farewell, Devontae Parker.
0: All right,
3: House, I'm going to throw this one back to you because you had mentioned him earlier in the show, Andre Branch. Defensive end, uh, admittedly, a thin group going forward for us. $2 million in dead money, but seven in cap savings. What are you going to do with Andre Branch?
2: Yeah, he's gone. Get him off my team. He's the Ted Larson of defensive ends. The the best thing he did for us was put uh, Taylor Luan in a body bag, so he's off my team.
3: All right, this one's going to be another – Interesting one just because we don't have that much of a familiarity with how he fits with the Dolphins, but someone that we were both all three of us were really high on coming into the offseason. Josh Sitton. He's gonna be thirty-three going into training camp. We could release him for two million dollars and dead money, but five million dollars and cap savings. What are you doing with Josh Sitton?
1: Bring him back. Absolutely. He was he was great. He was great through preseason, great through training camp, great through that first game. He was going to be huge for pass protection this year. Bring him back, absolutely.
2: And he has a nice name.
1: <laughs> Sounds like Son.
3: <laughs> True. All right, last one for you guys, and then I will humbly thank you for letting me play with you all night. And ironically enough, this is one of the playboys of the Miami Dolphins, Danny Amendola. He's gonna be thirty-three next year. We could release him for zero dollars and dead money, and we could save six million in savings. What are you gonna do with Danny Amendola? I look what to did last week. He was kind of the focal point. He was kind of that receiver that you can
2: depend on. I mean, when he came to Miami, all we talked about was the concussions, you know, the injury history that he had with New England, and we haven't seen any of that. He's impressed. For as much as as much as I hated the guy before, he's. He's impressed this year. I think if it's a $6 million salary, I think you bring him back.
1: I mean, you're going to have a good crop of free agents next year for wide receiver. you got Randall Cobb, Dante Moncrief, Tavon Austin, Golden Tate, um, guys like Cordero Patterson, Chris Hogan even, Quincy was hitting the free agent market, Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. I, I think there's a good bunch, Devin Funches. There's a good bunch of receivers out there. I don't know if um, Danny Amendola will survive in Miami next season, but I know Adam Gase likes him a lot.
3: Well, and if we're getting rid of Devontae Parker, then we have absolutely no height anywhere on that wide receiver group. So we're going to have to consider how to weave that into what we have.
1: I mean, I, I mentioned Tavon Austin, and I know people might be laughing at that, but he has the speed that Dolphins might crave. And in certain situations, maybe they could make him – Something out of nothing, but who knows?
3: But yeah, that's all I got for you guys. I think those are a pretty good representation of the major decisions that we'll have to kind of look at going into the 2019 offseason with the players that we currently have.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was a fun uh, exercise, and we'll talk about more about that as the Dolphins head into the offseason. Uh, just to give you all a heads up, uh, so great job, Sutton, getting all those names. And again, we did not have any idea who he was going to throw at us at one point. I thought he was going to name the entire roster. and thought you guys were going to be on the pod with us for about five hours. But good thing he wrapped that up quickly. So we're just going to be with you a few more minutes here. But, you know, I think, you know, as we move forward here this season, once the Dolphins, not officially eliminated, but I think once the Dolphins get to seven losses for sure, with a few games left, we're going to start talking about the offseason. Because at that point, it's very slim that they would get to the playoffs. Uh, Even if they get one more loss, it's going to be, even especially if they lose to the Colts on Sunday. Then they have um, five more games to only lose one. Then they got the Patriots, they got the Vikings, they got the Jaguars. Pretty tough schedule. So, you know, one more loss, especially against the Colts. We'll still talk about this season, but we'll start shifting into off-season mode a little bit, draft mode, free agent mode. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a lot this coming off-season. So stay with us through Finsider Radio. You're going to like what you hear over the next few weeks and months. Any last
2: thoughts, Sutton and Houts? I need a cigarette from all that playing with Sutton. That was, that was a lot.
3: <laughs> I have that effect on people. I just hope you're not playing it out. That was that definitely out.
2: that was definitely half the roster that we just went over, and you you, you did good. You did. <laughs> we gotta do it at the, at the end, end of end. the year. Uh, I just said we gotta re- come back and see how our opinions change over the ne- course of this next few games because. It's easy to say it now, but at the end of the year is when these decisions are going to matter most.
3: Yeah, no question that narratives change quickly in this league, so we'll see if our opinions change for sure.
1: All right. That is going to do it for us here on Finsider Radio. We will not have another episode this week. We are going to enjoy the Dolphins' free weekend. We hope you do too. Watch some football, watch some great NFL matchups, Rams versus Chiefs, Monday Night Football, move back to L.A. That should be a tremendous game to watch. We'll be back with you next week with several episodes. We'll talk about the future of Adam Gase in Miami. We'll talk about the future of the front office and how we think it's going to shape up, especially the Dolphins keep losing. The defensive coordinator status, while he's not getting fired this week during the bye, Matt Burke is on very thin ice at the end of the season, and will he survive another year? Our early answer is an absolutely not, but we'll touch more on that next week, and of course, we'll preview the game against the Indianapolis Colts and possibly get PFF to come on the show as well and give us a breakdown of the grades and such. That's going to do it for us here on Finsider Radio. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts, I am Matthew Canada. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.